Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me after Ole Miss upsets LSU in one of the most entertaining and fun-as-hell football games that you could watch. I recorded a uh, an instant reaction, like immediate post-game uh, thoughts, about 15 minutes worth of just like game ended and boom, I hit record. And uh, so I'm bringing that to you right now on this edition of the Rebel Report. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you are not subscribed to this already, if you're listening on the website, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. Uh, be sure to go by your Priority One bank location. They make you their priority. If you are looking for a bank or you've already got one and you want a better banking experience like I did, switch to Priority One Bank. They've got locations, 16 of them scattered across the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Uh, And this podcast is also brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. If you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you are in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, phone systems, whatever it is, if it's technology and it's in the office and your business needs it, absms.com is the website advantage business systems has you covered and tell them i sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment so you tell them what you need and what your budget is and they will find a solution for you on me all right here it is instant reaction post game Ole miss upsetting lsu about 15 minutes worth of post game thoughts for you so enjoy that and we'll do a live stream tomorrow night so we'll get a long reaction and uh, i'll see you guys uh, i'll see you then Uh, Let's start with Lane Kiffin, because after the way that Ole Miss played at Alabama, there were questions about Lane Kiffin. The end of the 2022 season, well-documented, didn't go particularly well. They kind of free-falled at the end of last season, and then they struggle with Tulane, struggle a little bit early with Georgia Tech, and then they go to Alabama and really struggle uh, offensively in Tuscaloosa and lose that game when they didn't play particularly well. And uh, on the show and, and with you guys here on the channel, if, if you're a regular uh, viewer of this, we talked about how kind of legacy-defining these next two games were going to be for Lane Kiffin, LSU and Arkansas before uh, their bye week. He is now at his longest stop in his coaching career, and and there were fair questions about whether or not he was kind of losing his edge or was Uh, He unable to build and sustain a program. We know he is a good offensive mind. He's established that at multiple places. We know he is a good coach. He won 10 games for the first time ever at Ole Miss, but there were questions about sustainability and can they get up off the mat and not let the Alabama loss kind of derail their season? And they came out ready to play. That's kind of a a cliche that I don't like using. They came out ready to play, but they were. I mean, the, the plan was really, really good from the jump for Ole Miss And they clearly made some adjustments up front. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that was a really big win for Lane Kiffin. People have been talking about signature wins lately. And I don't think that was exactly fair because they hosted college game day and then won the game. 
Like, that is a thing that happened. That is a signature win, at least I think it is. But there has been um, justified concerns about the lack of signature wins, that he's beating teams he's supposed to, but they don't often elevate kind of like above their means and punch above their weight and win these games very often. And tonight they did. This is an elite-level LSU team. They were ranked where they were for a reason. Daniels is unbelievable. That offense is extremely talented. Well, it's number 13 team in the country. That is a signature win. Uh, tonight was a signature win, especially with the way they played compared to the way they played last week. You had a field storming, which uh, despite Greg Sankey's best efforts, it's still happening. And I love it because that that's like the true essence of college football. But anyway, that was a big night for Lane Kiffin. I think he proved a lot uh, to, to people like me who spent all week on the radio show talking about him. Uh, last week was on him, right? If you're, if you're going to criticize a coach for a way his team plays and, and rip him apart for how he plays and how he acts going into the game, you got to praise when the exact opposite happens. Uh, there wasn't any goofy social media stuff. He didn't do anything in press conferences. Um, it seems like he took the humbling from the Alabama game, channeled that, and turned out an elite-level performance against a really Really good LSU team. So last week started with Lane Kiffin. The commentary after that game had to. This week, the commentary after this game has to start with Lane Kiffin uh, as well. It's a big night for him. It's a really big win for him. And he proved a lot uh, to a lot of people with the way his team played tonight. Before we get into anything else, before we talk about Dart and stuff like that, line play. Offensive line play. Now, look, I'm not a coach. I'm just a talker, right? I'm a, you know, just an airhead. Uh, they clearly made some adjustments schematically. They are doing different things in the the run scheme game to create some lanes, but they were successful. And and they, for the most part, were able to keep LSU off of Jackson Dart. Were they perfect? Well, no, but nobody's going to be perfect against that defensive front. How often did you hear the name Harold Perkins tonight? I mean, think about that. How often did you hear his name? Not very often. The Ole Miss offensive line deserves a ton of credit because they have been bad this season, quite frankly. They were bad at Tulane. At times, they were bad against Georgia Tech. They were certainly bad last week in Tuscaloosa. Tonight, they kept Jackson Dart clean. They created uh, running lanes. Um, well, there was one offensive uh, holding penalty, I believe, in the game. So generally pretty penalty-free. Um they are why everything else went. Like, like Dart's the hero tonight, and he should be, and we'll talk about him. But without how the offensive line played, nothing else happens uh, for Ole Miss tonight. Not, not another thing happens for Ole Miss tonight without a high-level performance from the offensive line uh, against an elite-level LSU defensive front. So that's got to be, aside from Lane Kiffin, it's got to be about the offensive line. Anything, any conversation about this game moving forward this week has got to start with the Ole Miss offensive line. But number two, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart, um, I mean, you guys know me by now, the, the way I talk about him. I, I've always uh, thought that he had an incredibly high ceiling. I kind of admired how he handled himself last year coming into the program late, kind of getting forced out of USC and winning that competition and and playing well and, and kind of navigating difficult circumstances a year ago. And then they bring in Spencer Sanders, and he kind of has to do it all over again. And said and did all the right things, beat out a four-year starter, and it's just tough as hell. And, and he plays tough, and he's been that, but he hasn't had this moment. And he hadn't been the starting quarterback at Ole Miss very long, but he hadn't had this moment yet. And this moment was coming. The, the upside was always there. I, I thought the criticism of him, uh, at least a lot of it anyway, wasn't valid. Um, and I know you probably see flashing lights. I got the, the state game on right now. Uh, but... 
the, the criticism has really not been valid, in my opinion. And now, tonight, he shuts everybody up. 26 of 39, 387, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Also ran uh, for 48, and that is... Um, that, that When I say he ran for 48, you probably just kind of blow that off as, oh, that wasn't great. He, when he had to be, was exceptional in the running game. You had that long uh, first down conversion after a penalty where he, he leaped a guy. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, Jackson Dart Slander, no more. I, I will not accept that. I won't even entertain it uh, on the live stream tomorrow. That, that I, it's not happening anymore. Jackson Dart uh, is a high-level quarterback. He's had an incredibly high ceiling for a long time, and tonight... He showed you that he truly has taken that step forward from high ceiling guy, not there yet. He was elite tonight. He was he was exceptional. He was elite. He didn't make mistakes. He was tough. He was physical. He made good throws. He was really good on that final touchdown drive that won the game. Jackson Dart was, uh, as the kids say, Jackson Dart was him uh, tonight. And uh, no more slander. I'm, I'm not even entertaining it anymore. We even had people texting the radio show this week about when do you go to Spencer Sanders? Dari Noka did it at halftime of the Georgia Tech game. No more. Uh, Dart was elite uh, tonight. But so was Quinshawn Judkins. Quinshawn Judkins, 34 carries, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he showed you that he never left. When you give him just the slightest creases, when you give him running lanes at all, you can see how how patient he is and his vision and his balance. He's so hard to bring down. And even when you think you've got him down, you don't have him down. Um, Quinchon Judkins is back. Uh, I don't think he ever left. I think he wasn't getting great protection and he was battling a rib injury earlier earlier this year. But um, that was the Quinshot Judkins that we saw a year ago. You give him some creases and he can be so deadly. And his game tonight in the line play blocking the way they did in the run game was so important because offensively they got to stay on schedule. I mean, even like the the negative rushing plays were two, three yards, you know? They weren't, you didn't have second and 12, you had second and seven, and that's so much easier as a play caller. And forgot to mention Charlie Weiss Jr. earlier, he deserves credit as well. If you're going to rip him for for bad offense, you got to praise him for good offense. But anyway, um, they were able to stay on schedule offensively. and It just allows them to open so many things up uh, in this offense just by being on schedule. Even the tough three-yard runs that he did sometimes were so important uh, for, for their long drives. And almost all of Ole Miss's uh, touchdown drives were, were long. I mean, what was it, late in the fourth quarter when they had their best field position at their own, what, 35? Something like that. Um, I don't have the drive charts in front of me, just the box score, but you get my point. Um, they were able to stay on schedule offensively, and that's because of the line, and that's because of Quinshawn Judkins. Ulysses Bentley was really, really good uh, in his uh, spelling of Judkins. He averaged nine yards per carry, had 90 yards on nine carries and a touchdown, that long touchdown, caught a couple passes as well. It was a great night for the Ole Miss running game. Judkins, Bentley, Dart, the line, uh, they've made adjustments schematically for sure, and um, they ran for 319 yards on that LSU defense. Uh, Trey Harris, he's back, he's healthy, and uh, there were questions, and, and fair questions, because we hadn't seen it yet, of, you know, he's dominant, but it's Mercer, and it's Tulane, and how will this translate into a bigger game like this? Can he be a dominant takeover receiver in games like this? And not only did he catch 151 yards worth of passes on, on 14, or excuse me, on eight receptions, 14 targets, had that touchdown, but he was physical, he was physically dominant, was was 
that that back shoulder throw uh, that set up his touchdown run, I thought was more almost more impressive than the touchdown with just how. I mean, he was covered and just out physical his defensive back, but in the run game as well. If you watch that game closely, Harris was physical and nasty. And I mean, you know, some people don't like this, but uh, he would he would make you know physical blocks and push his defensive back down the field, and then he'd tell him about it. Uh, he had that that edge to him tonight, and, and you know, he uh, he walked the walk with that talk and uh, really really dominant uh, tonight. And I mean, when you have a, a wide receiver run, wide receiver one that dominant. It just goes to show you uh, how missed he was in that offense. Jordan Watkins, just Mr. Consistent, man. Uh, five catches, 103 yards. Uh, that's 21 yards per reception. Had that touchdown. He's he's just so consistent. He, he's, he's never going to dominate or take over a game, but he's very consistent, very reliable, and uh, had a big night. Dayton Wade was also really good. 64 yards. Uh, had his touchdown as well. Caden Priestcorn uh, was healthier. Uh, only had three catches. I say only, but they, they were important. 41 yards. Uh, he was involved in the, the running game as well. Uh, having a true tight end uh, in this Ole Miss offense opens a, a lot of things up. But the, the plan was good from Weiss and Kiffin. They were a lot more creative, it felt like. But I imagine that helps when you're a little bit healthier and when, when your line is playing as well as they do and when your quarterback is playing as well as they did. When you put up, what was it, 387 uh, passing yards, 320 rushing yards, the first 300-300 game uh, under Lane Kiffin, I believe. Uh, probably in Ole Miss history, but certainly under Lane Kiffin. Um, that is, it's a special night offensively uh, after they looked so bad a, a week ago. Adjustments, quality play, uh, just a hell of a night. Hell of a night. They deserve the exact same praise as the the... Uh, criticism as they got last week. Everybody involved from offensive line to quarterback to receiver to running back to to coach and everybody involved. Huge night. You don't score 55 points against LSU uh, unless you were basically elite all around. Um, other side of the ball, not so much. Now, in fairness uh, to uh, the Ole Miss defense, Pete Golding in particular, um, LSU had better players uh, on offense than Ole Miss did. I, I mean, I, yeah, I thought about it all game, and, you know, I saw the stuff on the internet about how Pete Golding sucks and had Alabama fans for some reason in my mentions about it. Um, there are There's very little things that I can think that they should have done differently. It's just Daniels is has become a sniper. I, I, I mean, just the, the deep balls that he is able to throw now to covered receivers at times and just put it in a perfect spot uh, he's become elite himself, and he was elite tonight. I mean, he wasn't the problem at all for, for LSU. He's special and, and so well-rounded. He's comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he's elusive. He can run, obviously, but short passes, he's good. Intermediate passes, he's good. Deep passes, he's good. And as a defensive coordinator that's overmatched, that can't really cover their receivers, you, you can't really generate pass rush. If you bring extra guys, then you leave one-on-one -on -one matchups, leading to super explosive plays. But if you you know, if you only bring three or four guys, you allow them to sit in the pocket and kind of pick you apart. But either one was a losing proposition. They did make Daniels have to work for it. LSU had long play drives. It's just he was so good, and his receivers are so good, and his offensive line is so good, and his tight end is so good, and they're schemed up really well. Um, I mean, Ole Miss was overmatched uh, tonight. That That is a product, uh, a lot of what happened tonight to Ole Miss's defense is a product of not having good enough players. and But late in the game, 
They got a pair of stops that they absolutely had to have in the exact right spot, and and they rose to the occasion. You know, it it was really bad uh, for a long uh, period of time. But uh, let's see. I, I actually will pull the the drive chart up. Uh, fourth quarter, LSU's possessions. They had to punt in their first possession of the fourth quarter. They did have a touchdown in their second, but they had to punt again. And then the game ended. So so they got the stop at the end of the game, despite the horse collar penalty and all that. So in the fourth quarter, despite giving up over 400 passing yards, I, I mean, LSU was just dominating Ole Miss in this game. In the fourth quarter, they they held LSU to a punt, touchdown, punt, uh, end of game. They rose up when it mattered, even though it was really ugly uh, for uh, the majority of the game. So, uh, hell of a night for Ole Miss. Hell of a win. Uh, you guys uh, enjoy it. I know you will. Uh, we'll do the live stream, of course, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. I'll uh, see you then. We'll actually get to talk to each other. And then, obviously, the radio show, Monday through Friday, every day on Sports Talk Mississippi. So, uh, I'll see you guys then. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the win. Um, maybe we'll do more of these if this performs well. So, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow or tonight, depending on when you're watching this. And uh, see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.